Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Hey, good morning. <clears throat> Can you guys hear me okay? All right. Okay, so Father, thank you for the opportunity to gather. Thank you for just being here and being so faithful and always true to us, always leading and guiding us and, and just just getting us where we need to be in, in your ways and in your truth and in your peace and in your love. And so we just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. How are you guys doing this morning? If this, those of us who are here are good. Good, good, good. You know, I was just thinking if this if this church was a boat, <laughs> we'd be like lopsided. So I was like, like so. Uh, yeah, I mean, good lord. So, but someone, I mean, something must be wrong over there or something. I don't know, but I was like, whoo. So anyway, um, I was. Um, Scripture popped up in my head or in my mind this morning, and then I was um, actually seeing a post from one of my pastors. Oh, he was one of my pastors at one time. And I was like, man, he's on a roll on stuff. But um, it said, um, unless the Lord builds a house, they that labor, labor in vain. Right? And so I think so much of the time that we think that we got to do this and we got to do that and we got to got to do it all in our own effort and in our own strength and what really comes to, comes about and what happens is all we've got when we're lo- dealing with our own strength is our strength all we've got is what we can do and for um <clears throat> for me that's not good enough right i don't want to settle i don't want to settle for what i can do because what i can do is lacking compared to what i can do in him right that's why when I add him to my weakness, I get I am strong. When, when I add him to, to um, where I, if I lack in finances or whatever, I am rich. If, if it's no peace, like if you're anxious, the Bible says be anxious for everything. <laughs> right? Worry about everything, man. It's not going to work out. You better watch out. This is going to be really, really bad. You better worry about it because that will fix it. Right? No, I don't say that. It says be anxious for nothing. Do you know what nothing means there? Nothing, right? And it's really hard for us to do, but when I can change that anxiety and change that anxiousness, and I can say, you know what? I have peace because I have peace living inside me. And so it's real important when we know that we can exchange our weakness and we can have his strength and have his blessing and have his power. The Bible says that it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. And you know, one thing I worry about is like in Hebrews, it talks about how, how don't, don't just depend on the elementary teachings. He's like, 
desire meat from the word, not just the same old thing. We go over to the same thing, you know, we're talking about sin and talking about baptisms and talking about this. And I'm not my words, Paul's, right? And he, he says, and then we never get on with our life and we're stuck and we're going back to something that's already been dealt with when we first got saved, when we first met Jesus and when we first come to him. And he's like, hey, let's move on. Let's go on so that we can change not just our lives, but we can change the lives of other people around us because it's Christ in me, right? Christ in me, the hope of glory. I think so much of the time we look for a God far off. Like we're praying, when, when you close your eyes and pray, where are you seeing God at? Like, where, are you, where, where is he at? Like, is he in heaven somewhere far off? And it's like you hope that, that the cell towers are working so that your prayer can get there? You know, or the cable's not cut? Are you seeing him so far away that, oh man, I hope this gets to heaven and I know he's really busy and if he's really busy, I hope, you know, I know he's got all these prayers from all over the world and, and, and I, I just don't know if he's going to hear it and if he's got time. Is he far off? No, he's not. The kingdom of God is near us. Jesus brought it back to a focus where he said, God's not, not far off, but he's inside you. Like, when we first get saved, what well, we say, will you, will you come and accept Jesus into your heart? When I was a little kid, I walked down and I accepted Jesus into my heart. But then when I prayed to him, I prayed to him in heaven. Like he's far off. And it becomes a mindset for us where we think that God's way off when God's not. He's right here. Do you know he's omnipresent? Do you know what that means? He's everywhere all the time, right? Not like a Dodge Omni. Anybody ever see those little vans like that just drive around? Like I was every time I see omnipresent, I was like, he wouldn't fit in that. He's too big, you know? But um, anyway, if you're driving a Dodge Omni, great. I love them too. Okay. Sorry, not to offend anyone. They're good cars, I guess. But anyway, but um, clearing that up, right? But he's omnipresent. That means he's completely present everywhere around you. Like, like we, like I used to, um, like before I'd preach, I always like, man, I got to have the perfect worship service. Like, and then get up and I got to feel it and I got to this and I got to that or God's not here. Anybody ever hear that? I hope God shows up today. <laughs> right? We used to go to church and everyone was like, boy, God showed up today. And I was like, well, where was he last week? <laughs> you know, if we really believe what the Bible teaches and what God says, we understand that he's everywhere at all times with all power, with all love, with all of who he is. He is an ever-present help in the time of need and in the time when you don't need him. But I don't know when I don't need him, honestly. But, like, I want, I want to have his strength completely and totally flowing through me because in my own strength, I suck, man. I stink. That's what the cross was for. Because that old James, man, 
that you're not seeing the old James. When you see, you're see, you can see Jesus. I want people to see Jesus living through me. So that old James, that's what the cross was for, was to put me there. And then the new James is alive in Jesus, and I can live through him. Sometimes I want to crawl off that cross, <laughs> right? But my job isn't, isn't to do the work. My job is to stay in his rest and stay in who he is and understand that he's not a God that's far off, right? Christ in me, the hope of glory. Not Christ in heaven. Like, is he in heaven? Yeah, he's in heaven, seated at right hand. Where's the kingdom of God? It's in you, right? So I want to put my focus not just away, but in me. So now when I pray, I close my eyes, and I just like, Thank you, Jesus. I know you're in me. So if he's in me, like I don't have to wait for my, my prayers to go all the way to heaven. I know, man, I got ever-present help right here, right now. You know, they say all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. You know what that name is? It's Jesus. You know what? It's like a form of Joshua or Yeshua in Hebrew, but it literally means I am salvation. And so the Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you're saved. Maybe you don't have time. You ever been in a, in a pickle? Not like in a little pickup. Like I eat lots of pickles now because like they have no calories, like the dill, dill pickles. They're awesome, man. But I've never been in a pickle, right? Like that. I don't mean that. So if you're worrying what that is, like, no, not, okay, I'll go on. Okay. But if you're ever in a pickle, if you're ever in a mess, and you don't have time. Sometimes all you got to say is Jesus. Sometimes you just get G out, man. And when you're saying that, you're saying, I am saved. I am salvation. Come save me. His very name is who he is and what he does. And so there's no other, that's why there's no other name by which you can be saved. Why? Because he says, I am salvation. I am Jesus. I am. And the Bible says he's the first and the last. He's the Leif and the Tav and the Alpha and the Omega. And he's everything in between because that's what salvation is. It means everything. Like it literally saves you from everything. It almost comes back to that word where, where you get that word peace. In Hebrew, it's shalom. And it means completeness. It means nothing missing, nothing broken. Jesus is our peace, our nothing missing, nothing broken, who has broken down every wall. It's a peace of God that passes understanding. Well, how can it? It's, it's not just a feeling, but it's a person. And his name's Jesus. He is our peace. He is our hope. He is everything that we'll ever need or ever want. His name's Jesus. Name's Yeshua. He's Lord of Lords and King of Kings. The Bible says if we lift him up, that he'll draw all men unto him. So that's what I want to do. I want to lift him up because of the impact that he's had in my life in and through me. And when we can grasp that, we're like, you know what? 
now I'm not trying to earn something from the outside and be good enough so, so God will pat me on the head and say, that a boy. Now I'm living out through him. I'm crucified, and now it's his life, his peace, his hope living through me. Now our flesh gets in the way, right? You know, you know that, that like we have like 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day, and you know that a majority of them, like something like 90% of them come from, maybe 95% of them come from our subconscious which means that's our flesh. Our body is just like, you ever, it just goes on automatic. You ever just like, like your alarm clock set and you got this, this, this program that you run every day and every day, like you don't even have to think about it. You, you just naturally do it. Why? Because it's programmed in your head, but you're thinking the, those thoughts. And so what happens is we get programmed and then our flesh takes over. And that's why God's talking about living by the Spirit, living in the spirit. We crucify the flesh. Sometimes that's why we like, no, I ain't going to eat right now. No, I need to get up and do something, but right now I need to talk to God. And then when you go to, ever sit down and go to talk to God, then all of a sudden you got to go to the bathroom or, or you got to move, you got to do something. Or, and then you're, it's your flesh telling you, no, no, I'm in control still. And so that's a good sign because that's telling you, you know what, now I can take control and say, you know what, no, I am ruling by my spirit, not the flesh, and I am going to talk to God right now. Like training a horse, man. Is this too deep? Like, we don't talk about this stuff in church, like enough, you know, and I think it's important for us to grasp this so that we can grow to the next level because our thoughts are not his thoughts and our ways aren't his ways. Well, that doesn't have to, he didn't say that so it can stay that way forever. What he said that for was so that we're not, the Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. One of my mentors changed my life, man. He was in his 90s and he just passed away this week. And, um... But even he was talking to another guy about before he passed away, and they're like, what are you worried about? What do you think about going on in this? And he goes, I'm so excited. He's like, I just can't wait to see what's next. I mean, that was his response. But one of the things he taught me is that this is not me. Like, this is, this is James. I mean, it's pretty and good to look at, and like I'm smart and all that stuff, but this is not me. I'm a spirit. I have a soul. This is a house that I'm going to get to keep for like 150 years. And then I'm going to, you know, and then the next step. This is not us. And when we realize that, it changes our life to realize, hey, I'm not going to walk according to my flesh, but I'm going to walk according to the spirit. That's what he's saying. Because my spirit is entwined with him. My heart's entwined with him. Right? And that, that gives me hope. All this stuff around, like this stuff, everything passes away. But you will not. There's another thing he'd always say. Um, 
and he'd say, say um, <clears throat> just do it. Just do what I say. And he'd say, say do what I say either till, till you find out that I'm wrong or that it doesn't work. And he said, and I'm not wrong, and I know it works. <laughs> right? That's what God's saying in the scripture. He says, be doers of the word, not just hearers, right? What's he talking about? In that hearing and that doing is not a fleshly doing. It's doing it out of our spirit, out of our rest. Resting in who we are in Christ Jesus, right? Not an effort to be saved. The, and here's another thing I've learned. In, like I'm throwing a lot at you guys. I'm sorry. It's just in my heart and I want to get it out. But, but we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, and we got all these things on how to develop patience and peace and this or that, and we're trying to do it by our flesh. And the Bible says it's the fruit of the Spirit, not something that's developed by the flesh. And then we hit in our head against the wall because, like, I'm not patient at all. Like, not at all. When it comes to Christmas, like when I was a little kid, my mom and dad, I knew Santa wasn't real because I'd see the presents coming in and I didn't have the heart to break their heart because I thought, you know. And so, but me and my sisters, I was always her fault. I blamed her, but really this was on me because I'd sneak in and I'd find the presents. Like even if they wrapped them, like I'd just peek it open, you know, and I'd look in there and see what I was getting. Why? Because I had no patience, man. I'm not a doctor. I'm not supposed to. <laughs> right? had no patience. And so it comes to a point where, where I don't have patience in the flesh, but in the spirit, that's one of the fruits. Right? It's a fruit. The tree, it's a fruit from the tree that the tree just naturally produces. And so when we're walking in the spirit, walking in him, walking in, his, in, in who he is, in who he has called us to be, then that fruit naturally comes out. We don't have to manufacture anything. And here's what, what, what worries me about that in my life is I don't want to be fake, man. And if I'm trying to do it in my own power, trying to be patient, my patience isn't going to last very long. But if it's something that comes out of a relationship and a rest, in him and his finished work and he's living through me, then, then that fruit's going to flow and it's going to be free and you're going to wait a second, that's genuine. I'm like, yeah, that's not me, that's Jesus. And that's why he's like, you know what? If he be lifted up, he will draw all men unto him. I used to think that I had to talk real fancy and, you know, real elegant and all this stuff and draw people to Jesus. Like, I know some people, like I have a friend, um, and he sneezes and four people get saved, you know? And I'm like, I'll give you a million dollars. And they're like, nah, I'd rather just go my own way, you know? But, but I realized what was going on was I was doing it in my own instead of lifting him up. And when I lift him up, it's not my job to lead people to Jesus. It's my job to lift him up. And then he draws people to him. Just like it's not my job to produce fruit, my job is to rest in who he is, rest in his promise, rest in his word, and then it's a natural byproduct that flows out. Is this boring? Am I going too deep? I'm sorry. <laughs> just, just really on my heart. 
Because I, I don't want to... I don't want to be superficial in my life. I want to be genuine, and I want God's genuine goodness to flow. And not worried about if I'm going to mess up here or there, because I guarantee you, I promise you, I will mess up. I promise. But I don't worry about it because I'm righteous, not because of what I do. I'm righteous because of what he does. And now when I mess up, I'm like, hey, I got an advocate, man. Now I can go to him and say, hey, look, I blew it. And he's like, that's okay. I got you covered, bub. Just stop that stupidness, you know. I got you covered. And then it gives me a freedom to have a relationship with the one who created me, man. And I'm not praying to some God far off. I'm praying to a God that's living inside me. Christ in me. The hope of glory. Pastor James, you're really going to have to back this up with Scripture. I'm glad you asked. Because I couldn't wait to get this Scripture. I love this. I was talking about Joshua. Um, Moses led the people out. His name was Drawn Out, right? Not like drawn out like a song, but like drawn out of the water. It's like from the south, it might be drawn out, <laughs> right? Like forest, you know? But like drawing out. And then you got Joshua, which was a form of Yeshua, which is I am salvation. Moses brought them out of slavery, but Moses didn't get to bring them into the promised land. Who did? Joshua. So what is that? That's a picture uh, of Jesus in the Old Testament. You see, Moses, um, um, the law come by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. You guys, guys hear that? And so it's real important for us to like, as we're reading through the scriptures, to see these little things that are coming about. Because I guarantee you, Jesus is in every part of this book. If you're waiting to see him in the New Testament, man, you're waiting a long time because he's already there from the first. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In Hebrew, it's like it's got the Aleph Tav. Guess who Aleph Tav is? And that's why he said he's the Alpha and the Omega and the beginning and the end. Guess who it's talking about? From the very beginning. It's all about Jesus, man. And not just Jesus with the cross that was hung on the cross and we think he disappeared into heaven, but a Jesus who rose again and lives inside of us and is closer to you. He's so close, he's inside you. Do you know your very DNA? Like they're finding out that the thing that holds your DNA together is a cross? Now think about that. You think that's a coincidence? You know, when Balak went to, to curse the children of Israel and he went up on the mountain and he looked down and he said, I can't curse what God blesses. You know why I can't curse them? Because the way that they set their tents and the tabernacle up resembled a cross. When he looked down, he saw the cross. That's why in Jesus, you cannot be cursed. They cannot bless what God, they cannot curse what God has blessed. It's impossible or Balaam would have done it right then. That cross 
meant everything to us, but Jesus is not on it no more, man. That's where our flesh belongs. Now he's alive, and now he's alive in you and alive in me. And he's just like, would you let me live through you? Like, Pastor James, I'm saved. Yeah, I know we're saved. But are we going to let him live through us? Are we going to let him flow through us? Are we going to say, you know what? I trust you. You are the great, great I am. You are I am salvation. And guess what? Because you are salvation, I am saved. I am righteous. I am whole. Not righteous because of what I do, but I'm righteous because of what he done. And that's pretty good news, like, right? And so that gives me something to walk on and move in. And the Bible says, in him. In who? Jesus. In Jesus. In him. We live and we move and we have our being. It's in him. Him in you and you in him. Remember when they come to him and he says, says, I and my father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's what he's talking about. He's like, man, I'm living through you. And he's living through so many of you guys because I see him in you. He's like, hey, unleash not the beast. Like they got this event in the PBR called Unleash the Beast, but this ain't unleashing the beast. This is un unleashing the blessing. And it'll flow. The Bible talks about out of our belly will flow rivers of living water. And like my entire life, I've been so focused on him coming down that I've totally missed it, man. I don't want to miss that no more. I want to know that he's flowing out of me. And it doesn't matter. Like I don't need, need all this feeling to know he's with me. I know he's with me because he said he is. And if he said he is, it's so, right? So I can trust him in it. So we see in Joshua that God appoints Joshua to succeed Moses. And it says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, again, I don't know how nuns had babies back then. They can't now. <laughs> Moses is aid. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan Jordan River into the land I am about to give them, give to them, to the Israelites. And then he says this, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Now watch this. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Now he's telling them, with Joshua, with the form, Joshua's name is a form of, uh, of Yeshua. He's telling them, everywhere that your feet step, I'm going to give it to you. Now you're thinking, well, I'm righteous, but you know, I mess up and I'm this and I'm that. I don't know if that'll work. Do you think everywhere that Jesus steps is his? Can you picture that? Now, if he lives in you, what's he saying? That means the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. That means everywhere you step, he's there. So you have completeness. You have victory. You have hope. 
everywhere you step, he's there. That changes the ball game, right? Because then we're not waiting for him to show up. He's like, he's like, I can't believe, like, like God's probably sitting up there, like, hello, <laughs> hello, I'm here, I'm here. Hey, I'm here. You're waiting on me there, but I'm here right now. I'm living in you. I am that I am. We're made in God's image. The only reason that we're breathing is because of the Spirit of God that He breathed into us when we were dirt, man. That breath didn't go away, man. That's in our spirit. And that gives us hope, right? So everywhere, the, the place... I will give you every place where, where your foot, where, I can't read. I will give you, you know what? He said, when they come to rest Jesus, you know what they said? said, are you Jesus? And he said, I am. And you know what they said? Oh, good, I'm glad. I'm going to have to throw you in jail now. Do you know what happened to him? When he said, I am, the Bible says that they all fell out as if they were dead, man. Now think about that. He said, I am. When he said, I am, that's a revelation that he is. Not waiting on him. The Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He still is a great I am. I am salvation. I am anything you need. And so he, he says, I will, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river to the Euphrates and the Hittite country and all that other stuff. And then he says, be strong and courageous. And I'm telling you, they probably didn't feel strong. Man, they just lost their leader. They just lost their mentor. They just lost the person that they had hung all their hope on. He got them out of slavery and now they're getting ready to go into the promised land and they lost their leader. And now God's saying, guess what, Joshua? Be strong. Tell them, be strong and courageous. Why is he telling you that? Sometimes because we don't feel strong. We don't feel courageous. We don't feel like we have hope. We don't feel like we can go on. And God's saying, be strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Let the anxious say, I have peace. I am peace lives inside you. We talk, call ourselves Christians by name. You know what Christian means? You know why they call them Christians? It's like Jesus. Yeah, it's like your Jesus's. Like your Jesus is walking around. When you say, I'm a Christian, you're saying, I am Jesus. Right here to you. And so sometimes you're the only Jesus that anyone's ever going to see. And I fell miserably at that, man. But there's hope because I want Jesus to live 
through me, right? The hope of glory. So here he's, be strong and courageous. And then I'm going to read on because I'm, man, that clock. I need to find a way like Aaron and Moses to stop the clock. And you're like, please, no, I was hoping it would speed up. Anyway, I'm going to go on to verse 13 because it says, Remember the command Moses, the servant of the servant. Man, I ain't even going to get to there. This was in my opening. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Why does he keep saying that? I think he's being redundant in and God's like, like I, he just keeps saying the same thing and the same thing. Do you ever hear that, him talking to you? Like you're afraid, and he's like, do not be afraid. But God, like, this is a giant. You know, do you know what the giants are? Listen, you can't re- get a reputation of honor in the valley of the giants if you don't ever go through the valley of the giants. Never be a giant killer. God's like, you are a giant killer because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So don't be dismayed when you go through these various things because you're not there to be defeated. You're there to defeat that and to bring other people out with you. That's a changes our mentality. And he is our victory. So we're not working for victory. We're working from victory. Does that make sense? We're not working to be saved. We're working out of our salvation. The Bible says work out your salvation with fear and trembling. We're always thinking, well, I got to make a deal with God. I think, what what if that means we're working it out of ourselves? That's what it's talking about. We're already saved. Now all the fruit's working out of us. And now we have hope and peace and goodness and love. And and you're like, I already got long-suffering. Don't need that. That's a bad word, isn't it? And it don't even mean what we think it means. says, be strong and, and very courageous. And it goes down to, I'm going to drop on down to 10, where Joshua orders officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready. Three da- days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in, in to take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. But the Reubenites and Gadites and half the tribe of Manasseh, Joshua, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you. The Lord your God is giving you rest and has granted you this land. He's saying, man, I'm giving you rest. Now rest. Talks about how we labor to enter his rest. We don't labor to be saved. We don't labor to be blessed. We labor in resting in what he said. And as we rest in what he said, then he works. Either we work and he rests, or we rest and he works. And I'm finding out, it only took me 29 years to figure this out, because I'm 29, right? I'm looking 29, look, I mean, my complexion, and like, I'm like, look in the mirror, I'm like, wow. 
wow, man. When I was doing through Nam, they said, what, what is your fallback if this doesn't work out? And I put modeling. <laughs> I was telling Linda this morning, she, she was helping me with my hair, and I was like, you know, I put that down as modeling, but now maybe I could do that. I mean, look at this, you know, anyway. But like what I'm learning is either we can work and him rest, or we can rest and let him work. It's your choice. Amen? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for loving us. And we give you the praise. In the mighty name of Yeshua. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.